Jesus said to his disciples, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's keep this verse, these verses in our minds this morning. Uh, Last week, we were talking about community. So during September, we're talking all about community. And we asked, what is different about Christian community? What is different about the church when it comes to community? Um, And part of that discussion, we talked about how the church is really the only community or one of the few communities, really, that claims that God is in our midst. Uh, Even other religious communities, which we didn't talk about last week, non-Christian other religious communities, most of them don't necessarily make that same claim. But we make that claim that God is in our midst. And there's a wonderful metaphor talking about uh, the metaphor of a building or a, a house where Jesus is the cornerstone that the house is built upon and that we together are that house in which God dwells. Another metaphor that we hear in scripture for the church is the body of Christ. So we're intimately connected to Jesus. And my argument last week was that Jesus himself shapes our identity and our activity as a community of faith. And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Now, there's a danger in claiming that God is in our midst. And I think one of the greatest dangers of making that claim is that all the time we will start to assume that we are then right. So if God is in our midst, then God is on our side. And that sounds good, except that a lot of times we equate that with, and God is not on someone else's side. God's with us and not them. So there's a real danger here because when the church starts to become allied with powers within the world, we get a particular danger because we start to provide then a divine imperative for keeping those powers in place. Sometimes those powers are good. Sometimes they're not. Now, this gets really ugly when you get Christians disagreeing with one another, doesn't it? We've got God We claim God. You're claiming God too, but you're wrong. We've got God. You don't have God. And we've seen this kind of thing within the church. And we've seen it played out in news media many, many times. With the result that Christians of varying opinions often look to those outside the church as hypocritical, hateful, or sometimes even abusive. Isn't that right? Haven't we seen that in the last few weeks? When does the church actually get to claim that we are the light of the world? Do people outside the church look at our community and see our good work and then give glory to God, as Jesus says? This is what Jesus said ought to happen when he spoke to his disciples that others should see your good work and then give glory to God. Yet that doesn't always seem to be what's happening because we've slipped into this danger of I'm right, you're wrong. 
There is a danger in claiming that God is in our midst. And it's that we will put God on whatever side we want God to be on. And forget that the shape of Jesus' ministry will forget what that is. And we'll forget that we are shaped by who he is. So our posture, our approach as Christ's body ought to be that of Christ himself. What did Jesus do? How did he live? That ought to shape who we are and what our community looks like. And I think Philippians chapter 2 captures what Jesus did quite perfectly. His posture is oriented toward others. And I want you to just, uh, Sheldon, can you put up a slide here? Because I think there's three different movements uh, that we find in Philippians. The first one is that of incarnation and then moving towards service. An incarnation is really talking about how Jesus is God and he became human being. And this is how Philippians talks about that. It says, though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Or other translations, something to be grasped and held on to. He says, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. So the movement is, he, Jesus is God. He's got all power and glory, and he empties that out, becomes a human being, and more than that, he sets himself up as a servant. So this is the incarnation service movement. This is our first posture as Christians as well. It's emptying ourselves to serve. The second movement that Jesus goes through is obedience even to the point of death. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We're to be obedient to God, no matter the consequence. But we have to remember what Jesus was doing in being obedient to God. Why is he dying? Is he dying for some cause up there or some ideal? No, Jesus lays down his life for people, for sinners. In fact, you can argue Jesus lays down his life for the very people who killed him. Again, he's doing it for other people. He's doing it for people like you and me and for people who are outside the church who've never even heard about Jesus or have a warped view of who he is. That's the kind of obedience that he walks, which we are also called to do. The last one is trust and exaltation or resurrection and exaltation. And therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, and then it goes on from there, where Jesus is exalted to God's right hand. But notice how it's phrased in Philippians that the first part is all about Jesus' activity and what he does. So Jesus, though he's in the form of God, he empties himself, he sets it aside, 
He becomes a slave. He becomes a servant. He, uh, in humility, he becomes obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then God does something. And I know Jesus is God, so we kind of, you know, we get these things confused. But everything else is about Jesus' activity and what he does. But the last thing that Jesus does of his own will, according to Philippians, is he dies on the cross, and then he's dead. He's completely spent. He's served. Then it's up to God to resurrect him. Jesus basically puts his life in God's hands in the end, doesn't he? We sometimes want to skip over that, and and yes, we should live in the resurrection, and we should live uh, this joyful life. That is what Christianity is about. But sometimes we live as though we are with Jesus already, you know, we are with Jesus exalted and triumphing, and we've got everything right and everything figured out. And we're over people who don't get it. And that's not right. Jesus, instead of doing that, he came down and served below them in such a way that in the final analysis of things, God then raised him up. He trusted God to do the raising up. It's not our place to jump ahead to be with God over people. It's that God has come down and is in our midst with people. That's the mystery of our faith, is that Jesus came down to be with us and that God then raises us up with him. This posture that Jesus has is the same posture that is designed for his body, the church. The posture is for others. Our question really for Christian community, this doesn't sound like it's really a sermon on Christian community, but it is about our purpose as a community. Our question as Christian community should be how might we serve people as Jesus did? Even if it means losing our own life or sometimes even losing dignity, look at the way Jesus died. He died on a cross, completely humiliated and ashamed. Even if it means losing something, how might we serve people as Jesus did. Prairie Church is the amalgamation of two congregations, Trinity Presbyterian Church and St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. That happened about a year and a half ago. Did each church give something up to do that? Did we experience loss to do that? Absolutely. And I don't think we did it for ourselves. I don't think we were sitting around thinking, well, how can we have a, have a way better church than what we've got now? No, we love those churches. The plan isn't really for us. It's for, for those who God may reach through us. And I want you to hear the word reach. Somehow, sometimes we think reach means, oh, let's get more people so we can fill up these little empty spaces here. No, no, no. I want you to hear reach as serving or loving, caring for. Of course, they're welcome to come and join us and fill up the empty spaces, but that's not what we're really in it for. 
our question continues to be, who might we bless? Who might we serve and how may we do it? And sometimes we get confused and we think that the church exists so that its members can receive certain benefits from the institution of the church, but the church is Jesus and his people. And my belief is that the church exists so that people who are not yet a part of it may be blessed by God through it. We get benefits by being in the church, absolutely. But those benefits are not necessarily the primary function of the church. The church is Jesus' body. And look what happened to Jesus' body. It was given in love for the world, for the whole world. It was raised and exalted, yes, but only after the movement of self-emptying love and service was complete. This is what it means, I think, to be missional, if you hear that word, missional. It's a belief that God is on a mission and that the church is the primary means by which God is loving the world. And I really think we need to behave that way. We need to behave as though we are the primary means by which God is loving the world. It's so important. Next week, we're going to talk about what it does mean to care for one another in Christian community and how important that is. Uh, when you might have heard, oh, we're going to be talking about community in September, that might have been the first thing you thought about was, oh, yeah, how we're together. Um, but I wanted to put this sermon before that one because while that's very important and we ought to do it, over and over again, it seems to be that the reason we do that, to support and care for one another, is so that God can use us to serve the world. So we've got to get our purpose straight. The church is always outward looking. We'll do inward things because without those things, it's very hard to become outward looking. So we've got to have Bible studies. We've got to have little groups of people. We come together and we worship together and receive encouragement. And those things are being used by God to then go, for us to go out and serve a world in need of God's love. So we've got to get that purpose straight. We've got to have our ministry and our mission and our identity shaped by Jesus himself and how he lived and worked. He didn't come and just call those 12 disciples and say, oh, this is great. We've got a nice small group and let's love one another. He commanded them to love one another, but wasn't there some greater purpose to what he was doing? I hope so, because we have a lot more than just 12 now. He sent those 12 out. He sent 72 out. He sent more out to go and love and serve a world. We need to stay focused on the overall posture as a community being shaped by Christ. It's one of service. The invitation to be part of a church is really an invitation to join in blessing those who are not part of the church and then to do that on behalf of God. 
And so we, we will uh, bless one another as well. But how wonderful to surprise people who never expect it. I mean, I didn't get to hear the conversation with the principal at Dalhousie School, but suddenly a church is phoning up and saying, well, we want to give you some school supplies. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? We're going to go and do a community fun day at White Ridge Community Center on Saturday. You should all sign up and volunteer, by the way. But, but we're not going there hoping that we're going to meet, you know, 10 new people so that they can, like, we're not, it's not some strategy to get more people into our church. It's because we can go and love that community. I mean, isn't that wonderful? Who, however many people show up, 10 people, great. 200 people, great. We'll give them some food. We'll play some games. Everyone will enjoy the time together. And we get to say, here we are, Prairie Presbyterian Church and Lighthouse Church, and we're just doing this because we want you to know uh, someone cares about your community and cares about you. Well, that's a surprise. That's quite different than what we hear on the news about Christians. How wonderful to just surprise people with, uh, uh, with, with love. I kind of want to be part of a community that wants to take the love of God and give it away to others. I think that's pretty awesome. I'm, a, I'm not too interested in being part of a community that just exists so that I can feel better about myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we're, if we're just coming to church for, well, you know, I'm going to get something, and that's all we're doing, that, something seems a little off about that. And if you're thinking in your mind, well, that is me, oh, no, uh, really think about it, because you do. We, we wrote things down last week about where you experience community, and we have, you experience community here as well. But it's not just about you receiving something. <laughs> Your presence alone here actually gives something, doesn't it? Not everybody's going to be able to volunteer on Saturday or volunteer in one of the areas that the church is setting up to volunteer in. It's not about that. It's our posture as a church being shaped by Christ and that being one of service and willing to serve. The church is at its best when it is set up that way. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a community that wants to take the love of God and give it away. With no strings attached to it. We can sometimes do some lamenting about things like Sunday sports or Sunday shopping or a changed culture or, you know, there's less people in church now than there was before in North America. There's church decline. We can, we can talk about those kinds of things and worry about that. We can worry about the finances of the church and building projects and all those things. We can worry about all of that. Or we can look around and we could say, you know, we've got 80 people here or we've got 20 people here or we've got five people here who are going to go out and serve others for God. Isn't that great? 
wow, look at that. We've, we've got a congregation of people here who are going to love other people. That's wonderful. That's why the church is here. And we're already doing some great things together, aren't we? Doing some great things together, and there are individuals in our congregation who are doing really great things as well. Some of the things together we're doing, you can see them, the school supplies, I've mentioned them, the community fun day we're doing. We also collect every month for Winnipeg Harvest. We have uh, groups of people that have gone and served from time to time on Sundays at uh, Place of Hope or Winnipeg Inner City Mission. Those are just a few things. There's lots more. The generosity and service given by this congregation is beautiful, really. So don't hear today's message as me telling you what you should have done or what you have to do because you aren't doing it. Hear it as an encouragement to continue serving. Because as Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen.